Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome to Wretched at the University of Georgia, Athens. I found myself a fishing hole. This is the place where I tend to feel most comfortable walking backwards, mostly not tripping over young college students and then sitting down next to a guy like this. Hello. Young man, do you have a second to talk to me? Yes, sir. Sweet. What's your name? My name is Demarie Hawkins. Where are you from, Demarie? Um, Marietta, Georgia. Um, Born in Oakland, California, but I was raised in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. So you're you're a Southern boy. Yes, sir. You are a Bible belter. Yes, sir. Did you grow up in the church? I did a Baptist. Yes, sir. You grew up in a Baptist. Are you still going to a Baptist church? Um, Whenever I go home and visit my mom, I do. Yes, sir. Do you go to a Baptist church on campus? I do not go to a Baptist church on campus. How come? Um, I I guess. I just haven't taken the initiative to go out and for the four years I've been here, I haven't taken the initiative to go out and look for a church that's fitting for myself. Okay. So, you're right. right. Mario, I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. Okay. Now, this will be a little unusual okay. because in an environment like this, typically imposing values on people is kind of forbidden. Okay. I'm asking you okay. to persuade me to become a Baptist like you. Okay. Would you do that for me? Um, I can try to do that for you. All right. All right. So in. If I were to persuade you to go to a Baptist church or to be under the Baptist phase, first, I would tell you that it's something that you need to want to do intrinsically. Also, I found that it's helped me in my life. It kind of keeps me grounded. There's a lot of different externalities in life that can kind of stray from the path that you want to be on. And I found that the Baptist faith actually kind of keeps me grounded in that faith. I always have something to go to when I'm feeling a little bit off or feel like I'm straying down the wrong path. The Baptist faith kind of keeps me grounded. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that Mark Richt, the former coach of the Bulldogs, that if I say his name three times before I die, I'm going to spend eternity in that stadium as the quarterback, and every pass I throw will be a touchdown. Would you say that my religious worldview is wrong? I would say your religious worldview is wrong because that's not always the case. I'm pretty sure there have been quarterbacks who've come through this football program who said Mark Rick's name more than three times in their life. Probably maybe even a bad way. But the point is, so you would say I'm just wrong. Just wrong, yeah. And there's also more to it than just saying your coach's name. Translating over to the faith, I think it's more than just saying Jesus' name and reading the Bible and just going to church. You know, there's more out there. You have to, like I said, have an intrinsic motivation to try and actually follow the faith after you. Would you be willing to say, as a Baptist, that a Buddhist is wrong? No, not at all. As a Baptist, would you be willing to say that a Muslim is wrong? No, not at all. No, you can't. I don't believe in telling people that what they grew up on, the values that were instilled in them. I don't think certain cases, but generally, I don't think you can say that that's wrong because that's like saying if your grandma cooks her favorite pie the right way and you like it and then you eat someone else's pie, that person can't tell your grandma she made her pie the wrong way. You know, I think that illustration is a preference issue. For instance, I prefer a book carrying bag with one strap, not a backpack like you. Right, right. Just a preference. 
But a religious worldview right. is a truth statement. Okay. You're a Baptist, right. and you mentioned the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. So you would proclaim he is the way, the truth, the life. Right. right. Yes, sir. That is either true right. or that is false. Right. If you are stating the truth with that with that proclamation, okay. wouldn't that automatically mean then that the Muslim and the Buddhist is wrong? In a way, I would say that based off what you just said, that they would be wrong because being that I'm a Baptist, I'm supposed to believe that Jesus is right, you know. But also you have to think that they may not have been exposed to. That's that's true. That we've been exposed to. You know, have you ever heard the elephant analogy? I have not. The story goes that there are some blind men okay. and they're standing around an elephant. Okay. And one of them feels a leg. Okay. It's big and square and solid and strong. Okay. Another one has the tail. Okay. Another one has the tusk. Okay. Another one feels the ear. Another one feels the belly. Okay. The conclusion to that is nobody can know all truth, only parts of it, so they understand the elephant as best they can. And Right, right, exactly. Do you think that analogy works with your Christian faith? I do believe it works with the Christian faith. I believe that what I can feel and what I, from the elephant, I believe that that's what the elephant is to me, you know, but... You know, there's the elephant has four legs. You know, there's different legs that say the Muslims can feel. And that's what Jesus is. Not Jesus, but that's what their deity is to them. So I, I think it's based off more so what values were instilled in you, what you take the time to go out and try to believe. Um, and then I guess just what works for you best, you know. And let me respond to that with two approaches and then you tell me what you think. Okay. One will be a logical, the other will be a theological response. Okay. Okay. Logically, I would suggest to you the elephant analogy breaks down because there's somebody who apparently knows that it's an elephant. Okay. The premise right. of the analogy right. is that there, we do have knowledge of elephants. Okay. And if there is somebody who's just squeezing a leg and somebody's squeezing a trunk, they just understand a part of the elephant, but right. they can't know the whole. Right. So knowing the elephant okay. is either possible okay. or it is not. Okay. 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 That's logical, but okay. theological. Okay. Help me out, Demarie. You said Jesus right. is the way, the truth, the life. Right. Nobody comes to the Father right. but through me. Right. I'll paraphrase it to work with our analogy. Okay. Nobody comes to me through that leg or that trunk or that ear or that tail. Okay. You've got to know me and me only, right. if you want to inherit eternal life. Right. Right. Wouldn't that undermine the elephant analogy? Um, it does undermine the elephant analogy because, like you said, you have to know the elephant as Jesus, and you can't come to Jesus any other way but knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. You understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Now, I want to reverse roles for a moment. Okay. I asked you to give me a reason to okay. become a Baptist, and right. you said it would make me grounded. Right. And I wouldn't argue with you. Right. I'm going to try okay. to convert you okay. to my faith. Okay. Ready? Great. I'm All ready. right. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions okay. that have nothing to do with your intellect. Okay. We've been having a pretty intellectual conversation. Okay. I want to go to your conscience for okay. just a moment. Okay. All right. How many lies do you think you've told? I would not be able to put a number on it. I don't try to lie. No one tries to lie, but I wouldn't be able to give you an... Oh, I have. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to give you an honest answer on how many lies I've told. So if you knew that I told a lot of lies, mm -hmm. what name would you give to me 
that rhymes with fire? Liar. Have you ever stolen anything regardless of value? Regardless of value. From my siblings, yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah, stuff yeah, so or maybe yes. coins from your parents. Yes. Dresser. Yes. Okay. So what would that make you if you've stolen something? A stealer. Only if you're from Pittsburgh. Otherwise, you'd be a thief. A thief. Okay. All right. right so you, you, I'm now sitting yeah. next to a liar and a thief. Is okay. that correct? Yes, sir. Your thought life. You can plead the fifth on this because okay. none of my business, but I'm just guessing you're pretty okay. typical male. Okay. And we males tend to have thoughts right. that we probably shouldn't have that would embarrass us if grandma <laughs> knew about that. Okay. Yes, All right. So I'm just going to trust that if I asked you yes or no, you would probably say, yeah, you've had yeah. sexual thoughts that yes. you shouldn't have had. Yes, All definitely. Right. Yes. Have you ever murdered anybody? I have never murdered anyone. Excellent. Yes. Have you ever been angry at somebody? Yes, sir. Jesus said that if you call your brother a fool, get mad at him. Mm -hmm. You're in danger of the judgment. Okay. And then John, who wrote an epistle, said when we're angry at somebody, it's like murder in our heart. It's not killing somebody, right. but it's the same attitude. And Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, okay. thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart right but not physically that's right but not yes, not physically but we've all had those thoughts yes, so sir. we're all adulterers at heart yes sir so we're liars we're thieves we're adulterers right we we take god's name in vain or use it lowly we're blasphemers we don't honor our parents like we're supposed to right so you're like well me basically right we're all right. the same we all same. all are the same right. now you die okay or God descends and he stands in front of you okay. behind his bench okay. and he is going to render a verdict on the life of Damarie. Yes, his standard, perfect holiness, okay. righteousness, right. justice, everything that is right and good, he right. is for. Everything that is not, he hates. Okay. As a just judge, right. if he opened up the books on your life, right. knew every thought, every word, every deed. I'm dying. Yeah, I, yeah, he would not be pleased with my life. Right. Right. Would God sentence you to heaven or to hell? To heaven because he's a God of forgiveness. Why would he do that? Cuz here let me let me here's here's the problem I think with that statement. Okay. Yeah. Imagine an earthly court. Okay. It's obvious this guy is just plain guilty. Right. But the judge says I'm forgiving. Right. So I'm going to let you go. Right. Uh-oh, that judge is complicit. In the crimes committed by the criminal. Right, right. So how can God mm -hmm. be just and forgiving at the same time? There's a tension there. There is. There definitely is a discrepancy there. Um, but it's resolvable. God is how, just. He must punish lawbreakers, yeah. but he's rich in mercy. Okay. So how can he satisfy justice and forgive you? Hmm, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to answer that. Do you have an answer for that? All right, dude, hold on right there. Hold that thought. We're going to have to take a break. We will come back. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 
400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Why do we believe so much in biblical counseling? And it's comments like these. I just haven't thought of it that way. Pretty intense, huh? Those are comments from real people receiving real biblical counseling for real issues in season one of Transformed. Released this year, Transformed is like nothing else you'll see on Christian TV. You're a fly on the wall witnessing real biblical counseling sessions. With Dr. Greg Gifford, professor of biblical counseling at the Masters University, he's our host and biblical counselor conducting these sessions, which deal with issues like anxiety, OCD, anger, trauma, depression, and much more. And Dr. Dale Johnson, the executive director of ACBC, is our other host. Dr. Johnson chalk talks the sessions to provide a deeper understanding of biblical counseling. Transformed is truly a one-of-a-kind production, providing you with an up-close look at the hope and relief only the Bible can provide. Transformed, from brokenness to wholeness. And it's available now at transformed.org. The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, is firebomb. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasound, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides, and cares for his sheep. Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. No one can snatch them out of his hand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I wouldn't be able to answer that. Do you have an answer for that? It's called the gospel. Okay. You've heard this. Okay. Jesus Christ is God. He's, remember, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Trinitarian, three persons, one God. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, okay. took on a human body just like yours. Okay. He didn't break the laws. He kept them all. Always honored his parents. Always was loving. Never had a lustful thought. Always did everything righteously. Okay. And our response when he came to this earth was to strip him and beat him and smash a crown of thorns on his head right. and nail him nail to a cross. Right. That was a judicial transaction that was taking place. Okay. This is the Bible's very courtroom language. Okay. Jesus Christ knows you're a guilty criminal. Okay. But he loves you. Okay. And he's rich in mercy. 
but he's got to punish you because right. if he doesn't, then he's not just. And that would violate his very character. He did not punish us, right? So he took on your form, right. lived the life that you haven't lived, right. died the death that you are owed right. on your behalf right. so that you, while you stand in the courtroom of God's justice before God slams down his gavel and says, guilty as charged, Jesus charges in and says, stop, Father, I love Demarie. And I'll take the wrath that he deserves on myself. And that's what happened when God took the form of Jesus' body and came to earth, right? That's it. Okay. And that way, justice, he can rightly forgive you because your crime has been paid. Your fine has been taken care of. By Jesus. By Jesus. Right. Okay. Okay. It gets even better. Okay. Remember Jesus fulfilling all righteousness, doing everything right and perfect? Yes, sir. He takes all of that goodness and he says, yours. And he credits it to your account. Okay. So you can be seen not just as a forgiven criminal, Mm -hmm. but you can be the righteousness of God, not seen as a shameful criminal who is everybody in the neighborhood knows, but as citizen of the millennial. You are perfect in the eyes of God because you're in Jesus and he sees his son as Jesus and you get all of that credited to your account. That is what God has done to save you and to rescue you. Right. So that goes back to the question you asked me earlier, where we found the discrepancy is that basically there's a credit on on our account from when Jesus came and basically usurped all of our sins so that we can live the life that we live today. That's it. That's what Christianity is all about. All right. But now let's go back and rewind just a little bit to Mario. Okay. I want you to just think this through for a moment. Okay. God created the universe Mm -hmm. for one reason. Okay. To send his son to die for sinners. Right. That's why all of this is going on. Okay. He's got one purpose in mind. Okay. He wants to be seen as a God who should punish sinners, mm-hmm. but who saves rebels and right. restores rebels to a right relationship. And then he serves us a banquet because he's a God who serves the servants. Okay. The king takes care of the peasants. The just judge forgives and loves the rebels. Right. It's an amazing story. And before eternity began, God determined to do that very thing. Right. Created an entire universe to accomplish that plan, to have Jesus Christ born at just the right time 2,000 years ago, to live a perfect life, to be crucified by men as part of his prearranged plan. He orchestrated all of that so that the world could be forgiven. Now. Why do you suppose God, having gone to those lengths, would say, but it's okay if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Hindu, when he has gone to those lengths to secure salvation? Mm -hmm. And he made that claim that we've talked about twice now, that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Why would he just say, whatever? I believe all Christians should definitely understand what you have just explained to me. But I don't think maybe he hasn't had the reach to those different religions. I don't know. How that That's a fair, that's a like fair maybe, thought. We are as Christians are supposed to try to spread his gospel and make him known and all that kind of stuff. But maybe we as Christians have failed him, you know, and not made it as renowned around the world, his religion as it should be, or our religion as it should be. But I just don't think that those other religions have the same train of thought that we do when it comes to why the earth was made. Yeah and the logistics of the earth and the punishment and who is supposed to take on that sin, you know? No, 
let's say a Buddhist dies mm -hmm. and he stands before the just judge and his books are opened and mm -hmm. a Buddhist is just like you and me, a really bad sinner. Won't God say to the Buddhist, your sins aren't forgiven. I can't give you eternal life. I believe that's how I believe that's how it goes. Yeah. If, if that was a leading question, then yes, that's how it goes. It's two way. It's a two way street for them. They can if you live the right life, I, you maybe go to heaven. Or I don't know what they call it. Or you would go to hell, you know. So I, I think if Jesus hadn't have come and paid for our sins 2000 years ago, we would stand. We would face the same judgment as those other religions. Right. But because our religion is so different. We can live the life we live and know that God loves us. He's a forgiving God. But that was all done. And that's made possible through the fact that Jesus has already come and paid for our sins for us. Right. Yeah. Let me let me um, ask one one more question. Yes, if forgiveness is available because of what Jesus did, okay. what must a man or woman do to receive that forgiveness? to have their sins washed away and the righteousness of Jesus credited to their account according to the Bible. Okay. There are two words that the Bible uses. What must you do to be saved? Do you know what the Bible says about that? I do not. No, sir. First word begins with R. It means repent. repent. And the second word begins with what? Well, either T or F, to have faith or trust Jesus Christ. Okay. So to Turn from your sins, not right. to become perfect, but to say, you know what? I don't want that lifestyle anymore. Right. My God died for me. Right. I want him. Right. I don't want the pigsty anymore. I want right. the Savior. Right. You turn from your sins with a contrite heart. Right. You confess your sins to God. Right. Tell him you're sorry. Right. And you put your trust in his son and his son alone. Right. And he promises that he will adopt you into his family. He will right. make you his child and he will save you to the uttermost. You must repent and you must believe in Jesus Christ as if your eternity depended on it. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Demarie. Yes, sir. Have you done that? I have not done that further than being baptized as a young child. And every so now and then I feel like I do. It's when I know I've done something wrong. So I'm not consistently repenting and conveying my trust to Jesus as I should, because I owe him a lot more than he owes me. All right, let me let me let me clarify this, because I want to make sure that we're on the same page with this. Jesus mm -hmm. said to a man named Nicodemus that unless a man is born again, he will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. Right? Have you heard the term born again? I have. I'm not 100 percent sure what it means, but I've yeah. heard Nicodemus didn't know either. Right. All right. If you're going to be born again, you have to die. Right. Right. God doesn't want you to end your life. Okay. God wants you to be crushed under the weight of the law. Okay. To feel your complete abstract hopelessness because of the wicked things that you and I have done. Okay. That we feel like we are undone. We are deserving of nothing but wrath. Completely humbled before God. That's what it means to die to self. Okay. To let the laws of God, I was going after your conscience, remember? Right. Let the laws of God just feel the burden right. of perfect thought life, okay. perfect love, perfect obedience. Okay. Man, it's like the national debt. It's just ripping up there into the trillions. Right, right. I'm undone. I don't want any more of me. And God says when you reach that state and you call out to him for mercy, that's when he saves you. He makes you born again. Has that 
experience happened to you where you have come to the end of yourself? You knew you were a hellbound sinner and you put your trust in Jesus. It was going good until you said, if put my full trust in Jesus. I did reach a point about last year where I wanted to go down a different path. I think about this from time to time that the only thing holding me back at this point is that I haven't put my full trust in Jesus at this point. But I do have the corrective thought process. I have repented. Um, I know everything, all my shortcomings, not all of them, but I've, I'm, I'm aware of the shortcomings that I did want to correct and everything, but I have not put my full trust in Jesus Christ yet. I do need to catch this bus right here. You know what? It was a real joy. Damarian, thank, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Oh, take that with. That's us. Okay. Scoot. Thank you so much. Hey. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you very much. You're saying Friel. You didn't get that guy saved. I say you're right because I can't, nor can you, but God can. He's heard the truth. He's heard the law. He's heard the gospel. He's heard repentance. He's heard faith. I wanted to share with them a little something about justification and sanctification, but God determined that was enough. How do I know? Because that was enough. God wanted him to hear more. That bus wouldn't have shown up. Complete stranger sitting on a bench. How do you do? Pleasant, nice conversation. You can do this. Maybe you're not ready for this moment yet, but work toward this. It doesn't need to be a nasty scene. It doesn't need to be Armageddon with your neighbor. Love them. See them as lost. Not trying to win an argument, but I want these people to know so that they can be saved. Let that fill your heart because you appreciate how much you have been saved. And God will grow you in that direction until you lovingly do what you've been commanded to do. Go and make disciples. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, here's a headline I didn't think I would ever see. Disney can lose exclusive rights to Mickey Mouse by 2024. Mickey originally was protected beginning in 1928. Law protected the copyright for 56 years. Then in 1974, Disney petitioned for the law to be extended to 75 years. It was. And then again in 1998, they lobbied for an extension to 95 years. That too was granted. But legal experts believe 95 years will be the end of the line for Disney's exclusivity of Mickey Mouse. Copyrights in the U.S. are time-protected, while trademarks are not. But here's one other interesting note. Suzanne Wilson, the head of the U.S. Copyright Office, previously served as Disney's Deputy General Counsel for 10 years. And that relationship's certainly not going to hurt their case. Last week, professional skateboarder Taylor Silverman was a guest on Fox News, and she spoke up over a male skateboarder being permitted to compete against females. In her Fox News appearance, Silverman said that organizers have been ignoring female athletes when they speak up, and she's urging parents to also start to speak up for their children because this is a type of abuse that should not be allowed. Well, a new Gallup poll reveals what I call extremely troubling data. Only 38% of American adults, according to this poll, say they are extremely proud to be American. You know, yes, we do have quite a bit of political fighting and posturing that has divided Americans. There is increased crime almost everywhere. We've got high gas prices, no food on the shelves. 
But even out of all of these issues, I would almost be willing to bet, if I was the betting kind, that no one who claims to not be a proud American really wants to live in another country. If you have never left America for any reason, you really don't realize just how blessed we are to have been born in this country. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves said over the weekend that Mississippi doctors who prescribe abortion pills will lose their medical license. Mississippi now joins Louisiana and South Dakota as states that are not only banning physical abortions in clinics, but they're also taking steps to ban the act of mailing abortion pills and telehealth abortions and making those acts also crimes. Well, times, they are a-changing, and so are the superheroes that are being created. Marvel Comics has announced that in the September issue of its Spider-Man comic, a homosexual Spider-Man named Web Weaver will be introduced. And according to the creator, Web Weaver will be an effeminate gay hero. What such wholesome entertainment kids have to look forward to. Thanks, Marvel. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello and welcome to Wretched. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And when I say beautiful, what I really mean by that... In Georgia, that means humid and sweaty. <laughs> so we've been toasty. Why are we not in the studio? Because we are out here on the campus because we received permission to exercise our free speech rights. Hey, lo and behold, you'll never guess who else happens to be here hoping to win people to a Jesus Christ. Not the Jesus Christ, but to a Jesus Christ who is here. The Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they talk about Jesus. They talk about Jesus Christ a lot. There's just a little rub. Jesus said that if you don't understand him rightly, you don't have him. If you have a wrong understanding, bad theology or Christology is off, then you don't know the Father because you don't know the Son rightly. So the Mormons talk about a Jesus who's different than the Jesus of the Bible. How? Let me count the ways. First of all, he's a created being. That's not what historical orthodoxy has taught over the centuries. The Mormons believe that Jesus Christ is actually literally the offspring of the Father who had a relationship with Mary and has given us Jesus Christ. They do not believe in the same Jesus that the Bible presents. And yet, look at the dedication of these young men. They go out for two years to hit the road, ring on doorbells, walk around, drive their bikes all over the place, and all of that while wearing a white shirt and tie with a very Southern Baptist-like haircut. So I'm thinking to myself, Maybe we could talk to one of them there Mormons who may or may not be willing to talk to us. For instance, they would like for you to read their 
Hold on, excuse me. I just, I have to get down with my bad self. Okay, who walks around blaring their music? Well, apparently that guy. <laughs> he wants the whole world to enjoy that. The Mormons won't take this literature. They want you to read theirs, but they are not allowed to read yours. Let's see if we can get one of these people. By the way, they've got a booth set up here. In fact, Adrian, can you come over here? We've got Let His Life Touch Your Life. It is an, it's an icon. It's a video of Jesus. And they're giving away free videos, too. Hey, what do you know? All right, gentlemen, who is the spokesperson? Could I talk to either one of you fellas, or both? You can double-team me. All right, I want, I want to genuinely learn about Mormonism. All right? So you are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tell me who Jesus is. He's our Lord and Savior and our Redeemer. And he's the one that died for us on the cross so we can have the chance to live with God once more. So we can have a, uh, have a what? Have a chance to live with God once more. Okay, so is Jesus Christ a prophet, an apostle? Is he God? He's a son of God. I believe that he is a, the, the one that our Heavenly Father chose to, to come to this earth to, to fulfill his our Heavenly Father's plan. Did Jesus Christ, according to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, always exist? Absolutely. So he's eternal? Absolutely. And how was he, how exactly do you believe he eternally existed? Here we go, hold on. From the beginning of time. Of course, the scriptures say he is in the beginning. You know, he is the word, he was the word with God. Was it at creation that he came into being? What do you mean by that? Uh, I, I thought you were referring to Genesis 1-1, and it sounded like, but you can correct me, that Jesus was at the beginning, created at the beginning. Did I hear you correctly? He was in the beginning. Okay. He was in the beginning. All right. Now, did he exist as the Son of God for all of eternity prior to in the beginning? What do you mean by that? Well, I presume Mormonism is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinitarian, correct? So we believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three separate and distinct beings. Separate beings or separate persons? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, there's, there, there could be a difference depending on how you understand it. Separate beings would indicate that they are individual gods, I think that the idea that they are three persons would be it's one God in three persons. Do you hear the difference? So I'd say if you were to able to see God and Jesus Christ, I'd, I'd see two different persons. Well, I don't think you can see the Father because he's spirit. But there's a difference, I think, between beings, which seems like an independent entity, versus a person who's a member of the Trinity. Yeah, so I guess that's where we would have a, a difference of belief. We believe that the Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as yours or mine. We believe that the Son also has a body of flesh and bones, but the Holy Spirit does not have a body of flesh and bones so that it can dwell within us to teach us the truth. Now, the Father having a body, did he eternally exist? He did. How did he come into being if he's with his physical body? How, what was the process? What happened? I don't exactly know how God was created or if God was created. 
we don't, the scriptures don't teach us that, right? So what we understand is really that God teaches us that he's eternal. Okay, so he eternally existed. Did he eternally exist with flesh and bones body? Uh, the scriptures don't teach us that either, so I, I don't know. Right. You said something kind of interesting to me. You said that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior so that you can have a chance to be with the Father. Do you believe that we only have a chance, that he provided a chance, or that he secured our presence with God for eternity? Well, he told us specifically in the Bible, if you love him, we have to, to keep his commandments by, by keeping his, his commandments by following Jesus Christ. So as we, we shall our best to follow his commandments and follow his teaching, we can have the chance to, to really prepare ourselves to, to return to God once more. So we have a chance. So for me to go to heaven, what must I do? Well, you got to apply his gospel by having faith in him, repenting for your sins, being baptized, receiving something called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And after you have all those things, you're striving your best to, to live your life righteously. And baptism is a very essential part so we can have the opportunity to live with God once more. And it's living my life righteously. What standard? What is, is, are you talking about perfect? Do I have to be perfect? Absolutely not. None of us are perfect. All of us are imperfect beings. But we are striving our absolute best to seek perfection on the earth at this time. All right, now I've heard a phrase that describes Mormon soteriology, salvation theology. And you can correct me if, if you think this, this statement is wrong. That we do our best and Jesus does the rest. Do you think that accurately represents what you were just saying? In a ways, but we, we need to, to put forth the effort because the Bible speaks faith without works are dead. And we're going to act upon the things that we're doing. And after, as we act upon the things by asking God to help us in our life, he's going to play his part. Now, let me share with you what I think the order is. And then you tell me why you disagree. Fair enough? All right. I believe that when Jesus Christ died, fully God, fully man, it satisfied the judgment of God on my behalf. It's, he was a propitiation. He bought us back. He ransomed us. And Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you'll have to trust me, but you can always look it up, says, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All right? So I believe we get saved, totally forgiven, we're made righteous, heaven is secured, and because of that, we do works. That sounds different than what you were describing. Yeah, I'd say really what we believe is that faith in Jesus Christ without action, there is no faith. We said before, faith without works is dead. Paul said it's through faith that we are saved. Jesus Christ declared that many, many times. He said, not all that say, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but him that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. If we are to have faith in Jesus Christ, we have to believe that he is the Son of God with a belief that leads us to actually follow him. I, I don't think I would disagree with you. I think the difference might be that I believe that those works are motivated because of salvation, and it sounds like you're saying that's a requirement for salvation. I wouldn't say that the, the works are a requirement for salvation, but that the works will be manifest if you have faith sufficient to be saved. All right, hold it, hold it, hold it. Sorry. 
You know how this works, commercials. Hold your thought. We will be back in just a moment. Don't lose that thought. This is Wretched Radio. Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people across small towns and cities that suffered from the war. That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine, continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids clubs where they can, and because of the war, providing resources, providing food and shelter and prayer, and of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hello and gracias. That means thank you in Spanish for our unolingual listeners. Gracias for listening to Wretched Radio today, where you learn all kinds of things. And another place you're able to learn stuff, the Wretched website. That's right, Wretched.org is full of amazing content, like each full 30-minute TV episode, our full daily radio episodes. You can also use the nifty search bar to find hundreds of topics that have been discussed on either radio or TV. The Wretched store is there too, and it's loaded with over 40 resources, all produced with the help of our gospel partners. If you're already an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner, thank you. Your efforts and support have helped us reach millions of people with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not a monthly Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully and thoughtfully consider becoming one? You can find answers to virtually any question you have about becoming a gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate. Or you can text the word Wretched to 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Have you ever wanted to break bread with Todd? If so, let me tell you about our newest production here at Wretched. It's called Breaking Bread, and Todd sits down with guests like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Steve Lawson, Tim Challies, and others. You'll be able to view a brand new Breaking Bread each quarter totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking bread. Books of the Bible The book of Joel describes a series of disasters that serve as God's judgment and a warning that an even more severe day of judgment is coming. When you see the power and fury of creation, 
Do not fear nature, but fear him who controls nature. But if God's people will turn to him in repentance, he will be compassionate and rescue them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Now then, where were we? This is Wretched Radio. Gentlemen, I want to kind of move away from theology just for a moment. Because I have to applaud you for your willingness to come out here and do this. Why do you do it? Why do I I come to Civil Mission? It's because I really want to, to help my brothers and sisters understand how Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father loves us and how he's so excited for us to return to live with him once more. And so people, many people in the world right now doesn't understand what they can do to, to live with our Father in Heaven once more. And as Jesus Christ said, Go ye therefore, teaching all nations and baptizing them in, in the Father and in his name and in the Holy Spirit's name as well. And we are striving our best to fulfill his great commission so we can really see what we can do to help our brothers and sisters. Two years is the commitment, right? Right? I love it. How often do you get to see your family during those two years? Once a week, we will email our family back home. Uh, and then twice a year on Christmas Day and Mother's Day, I will Skype. Or video chat. But that's it. That's it. All right. What's, I'm sure somebody thought this through. Why is that the rule? What are they trying to do for you, to you, by limiting your access to your family? I think a, a good example would be Jesus Christ. I know, I know we're trying to stay away from theology here. but oh, I, Don't worry. I don't mind. I remember if Jesus Christ is saying that we got to, no man setting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, we... I've set these two years aside to help other people build their families, build the strength of their families and their love of the Lord. Um, and by leaving mine behind for two years, I'll always be able to go back. And I love my family dearly. So if somebody who thought about becoming a Mormon, would I be required to do a two-year missions trip? You would not, no. Because I'm too old. Go ahead, just say it. Absolutely not, actually. So... You can do a two-year mission trip as a senior couple, but you're not actually required, no matter the age. I was just called a senior couple. That kind of hurt. You could have called me old, but a senior couple. How long have you been out? I've been out 18 months. 18 months. All right, you're on your way there. And you? About 21. How many people have said to you, I want to become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I can't count. Maybe over 100? Really? How many people do you talk to in a day? I'd like to talk to over 100 a day, genuine conversations. I'm, out here, it's a, you, know, it's, you can see it's a wonderful area, a wonderful opportunity to chat with everyone. It's fishing in a barrel here. Right. right. Absolutely. Very impressive. Now, let's, let's return to theology just for a moment, shall we? In the New Testament, an apostle was an apostle. One of the qualifications was that he had an encounter with the resurrected Christ, Paul seeing him on the road to a May, uh, on the on the the road to it's a it's a hope and crosby movie the road to damascus <laughs> and the disciples of course they saw the resurrected jesus that was a qualification for being an apostle do your prophets and apostles have to have an encounter with jesus christ to be qualified for that office we believe that the apostles that we have are special witnesses of christ uh, just as Christ, before he was resurrected, had called 12 apostles, uh, he chose them. Uh, we believe that he chooses them today. And that as special witnesses, they, they know who he is. And, and some of them have even seen him. So some have claimed to see him. Okay. So prior to 1830, 
Who were the prophets and apostles of the church from the time of the resurrection till 1830? So we have Peter. He was one of the last prophets that when Jesus Christ left, he told him to go and teach the gospel. And you can see that Peter was crucified and his apostle as well was crucified as well. And from that, that went in the 1830. So the Smith, he was called to be a prophet, but he wasn't the founder or the one that created the church. He was the instrument that God used to. Who, who, but who is between Peter and Joseph Smith? It was the breakup right there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I've also, my understanding is, and you correct me if I'm wrong, there are three levels of heaven, yep. celestial, telestial, and terrestrial. And depending on how you do on earth will determine what level of eternity you inherit. Is that okay to say it that way? I suppose that's a okay way to put it. Uh, it's left for interpretation of what you believe heaven is. Um, there may be three levels, but only in the highest level can you actually reside with God and Jesus Christ. And if heaven to you is a place where God and Jesus Christ is, then only the top would be heaven. But I would say rather than how you do in life, it's really where you would be most comfortable. That the, God, he wants us to, to live in a place in which we would be at most peace. And for those that chose not to live righteously in this life will not feel comfortable. Uh, I, 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 I get that. So it, it sounds again, though, my performance is going to determine where I spend eternity. Is that correct? I'd say where we feel most comfortable based on how we performed in this life. Do you remember the Bible verse that I shared with you a couple of moments ago? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. I'll say it again, and then you tell me how you interpret that verse. Fair enough? By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How do you harmonize what seems to be a pretty clear teaching of no works are credited to your account. It is all the work of Jesus, grace alone as a gift. I would say the only thing you truly have to do is, is have faith. Uh, through faith you are saved. If your faith isn't sufficient enough to be saved, then God has prepared a place for you to live which is marvelous, which is beautiful, which is better than here than earth. Somewhere that you can live. Okay, but help just help me out a little bit the idea that jesus christ did everything and we don't bring any works with us like a resume to say this is what i've done i get to go here because that would mean we get to say i did pretty good uh -huh. and that would rob god of the glory that he deserves for sending his son so harmonize what you're describing as works with this concept in ephesians 2 8 and 9 but specifically for like my life as well, I had to act upon the things that I was doing because I had a faith or without acting by reading my scriptures daily or acting to go to church or acting to pray to God. That is an act of faith. And as we act by shaving our best to, to live our life as righteously as possible, we can have the opportunity to, to really receive the guidance and the blessing from our Heavenly Father. We're not going to work for our salvation, but it's very important to to increase our faith by doing the things that God would expect us to do. Now, one last thing, fellas. I've, maybe two last things. I've heard that, and you tell me if this is accurate, that if I'm a faithful Mormon doing works of righteousness, that one day I could be like God the Father and have my own universe. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? It's a beautiful doctrine, isn't it? The fact that, that God... What is that doctrine called? I'm curious. I guess the doctrine of exaltation. 
so we can be exalted to the same level as God the Father? I'd say absolutely. However, he will still always be our Father. He will still always be our God. So you then someday might have a universe where you've got people like us that you are the God of. Is that correct? I believe so. One last question, and, if, and you can pass on this one because I'm, I'm fuzzy on this, mm -hmm. all right? But as long as you're standing here, as best I can tell, you're a black man. Yeah. I think the doctrine of the Mormon church has changed regarding the thinking about black people. So that was the thing that would pass in the, in the 1800s that was speaking about blacks cannot hold the priesthood. But it wasn't saying that black people cannot join the church. It's just we couldn't hold the priesthood. I have so many times in the Bible as well, too, that people in the Bible was not supposed to get baptized in, in, in a sense and stuff, too. So, like, as time goes by, a guy named the prophet was Brigham Young. He prayed to God and asked God if, if he think blacks should get a priesthood. And, and God told him, no. And that's not, not a bad thing at all. But as time goes by, the blacks could have the opportunity to, to receive the priesthood as well, too. If Brigham Young asked God, what is the role of black people regarding the temple? At that time, no priesthood. Then that changed in 19 some, what, 1970? 1970, I think. Okay. Why did God change his mind? That's a good question. I wonder why he changed his mind too, if you want to use that terminology. Uh, previously, he only allowed the, the Levites to hold the priesthood. And eventually he allowed everyone. At times he only allowed Moses or Aaron to hold the higher priesthood. So he does change sometimes. Do you believe that that changes God, that he changes yeah. positions? So maybe I should rephrase that he does ch change sometimes. He changes his plan for us or he alters his plan for us based on what will allow us the most happiness and the most perfection, to, or to at least the, most, the best pathway towards perfection. You know, he doesn't change as in uh, his truth or his belief. I mean, he is perfect. Okay, so God is all omnipotent and omniscient, so he knows everything. He knew this conversation was going to happen. Uh-huh, he absolutely did. Do we have a free will? Are we making genuine decisions? I believe so. We are. God has blessed us with one of the greatest gifts in this world, the only gift which he cannot take away, which is our free will, you know, our free agency to choose between good and evil. All right, gentlemen, yeah. we're out here passing out a DVD, sort of like you guys. Yeah. It looks like you've got videos. Are you allowed to take this from me? Yeah, absolutely. We can take it from you. Would you watch it? I might watch it one day. Really? What is it about? Uh, it's about the gospel. Yeah, it's about the gospel. Well, I will watch it when I get back home after my mission. But we can make a trade. We can give you a book of Mormon for the city. I will take it. Absolutely. Gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're gentlemen, and I appreciate it. Thanks for the lesson. Appreciate it very much. All right? Pray like nobody's business that God will save them. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.